Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the middle that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up. If you listen on the Entail app, that's E-N-T-A-L-E, photos, links and videos of what we're talking about will pop up as you listen. Have a look. Hi everyone. Um, strange times, strange measures. Uh, I'm sitting on my bed in my house. And, and where are you? I'm sitting in my kitchen, at the kitchen table. Um, Just sitting in a bar, having a martini, flirting with boys, possibly in Mexico. Is that where you are? I'm definitely in the Maldives, about to go scuba diving with sharks. Mm. How are you? Uh, uh, I'm, absolutely, oh I'm absolutely fine. I mean, fuck. Um, I'm absolutely fine. But I, I don't know what the fuck is going on. And I don't know if I'm, mm. I don't know if I'm going to be, I don't know. I don't know anything actually. Fucking hell. Mm. Anyway, mm. how are you? Ooh, I'm absolutely fine. But I mean, my mood changes certainly daily. Like there's, a, it, 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 but usually I'm triggered by tiny things throughout the day, tiny little crossroads, you know, like we discussed. So if I let someone in the car and they don't say thank you, I'm immediately in a sort of terrible, towering fury for 10 minutes or something else can happen. But at the moment that the moods last longer, I'm less, it's less like an emotional pinball machine. It's slow-mo. So whole days will be bad and tearful and anxious. And then whole days will be better and more grateful and more patient um, and my fuse shortens and lengthens so I can go from being you know sort of the full of the milk of human kindness to really like almost violently ratty um, but you know it's so strange not being able to plan anything at all I don't even know if I do my rare and socially distanced you know weekly shop what's going to be on the shelves I don't know anything can't even plan what to have for lunch no, I know. And also, I am very much the kind of person who used, like, going to the park or walking to the tube station, listening to a podcast or whatever to to change my mood. So now I'm quite, you're, I agree, it's like you're quite stuck in it. And I think definitely at the beginning, all my moods were meshed in together. And I was basically just a kind of, like, sludgy, emotional, like nothing, like, sticky, like like, like sort of wading through glue. Now I've got more structure, which I think is basically the only thing staving me from the precipice is just structure. So it's like, okay, I do this for 15 minutes, then I'll go do something else for 15 minutes and this will help. Tell you what else is happening is my memory's playing tricks on me. So I, I, I can't remember anything. I can't remember why I'm sitting here. And yet all the things that I hold in my head and my heart are rising, rising, rising. Like I found myself reciting at sort of four in the morning at the moment because even more than usual, who sleeps? Um, my grandparents' telephone number from when I was like five, you know, my best friend's landline from 20 years ago, you know, the, 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 the payphone when I was at university, you know, like weird stuff like that. Um, it's amazing. I um, I totally understand. I I remembered everything that I've eaten every day of this nightmare as well as forever. And I think because everyone is obsessing about all the snacking, it's now really in my mind, um, like my lowest weight ever, when and everything that we what I wore. Um, I was so thin when I came back from India. Um, at, when I was at university, my mother picked me up um, from the airport and burst into tears, and I was so happy. <laughs> and, 
and and that's the dream right <laughs> exactly worryingly thin <laughs> no danger of that happening i now think that this is the time when uh we should just allow ourselves to fatten up like pigeons but then i think no we mustn't we mustn't we must be strong and active and not be fat like pigeons and i think for fuck's sake we should be fat like pigeons because when else can we fa- we'd be fat like pigeons i think no how will we feel we emerge the other side i tell you what i'm not really doing is looking in the mirror no, I think it's I think it's really difficult to kind of look at yourself fully. Also, because you don't. I mean, I don't know. I'm still putting clothes on every day. <laughs> I'm, actual, actual proper clothes. Like proper, like right now, I'm wearing proper. I'm recording a podcast clothes outfit. I'm not. I'm hardly wearing clothes at all. In fact, maybe I'm not wearing clothes at all. <laughs> but I, I can't. One of the reasons I, I, I don't like looking in the mirror. I don't really understand my place in the world at the moment. I don't know where I'm meant to be or what I am. No, I violently agree with you that that's the, that's the reason. So when you look at yourself, you're like, who is this sort of home person? This is not apocalypse me. This is not, um, you know, I'm going to carry everyone through this me. This is not, this is just like slightly tired, a bit pale, um, you know, doughy me. Doey me, doey yes. me. <laughs> do, 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 yes, doey, doey me, who keeps lapsing into weird things like the desk count to heart the Herald oh. Angels sing, because that sort of shit is sticking in my head as well, like a carol concert when I was nine. Oh my God. Do you know what? We, um, we were singing Christmas carols the other day, like while we were doing the washing up the other day, and I think that that's going to be a thing where you're suddenly like violently triggered and you just re- want to do all of the kind of, I don't know, sort of, because it feels like we're in that bit between Christmas and New Year, doesn't it? That weird The perineum of the year. I love the way you say that. It's exactly, yeah, the perineum. I know it well. The perineum of our lives, this is really. This is the perineum of our lives. And and yet I still manage to remember every single outfit that Julia Roberts wore in Pretty Woman. 30 years old. (laughs) 30 years old. Almost today is Pretty Woman. Okay, me too. So my favourite was obviously the red velvet opera dress. No, mine was the spotty polo outfit. Yeah, it would be. That's kind of ladylike. I, d- I didn't love that. Um, and you know what I was thinking about last night? was my the, uh, I, I have very little jewellery, but when I was 19, my grandmother gave me... Um, do you remember those regard rings? Yes. They were like... they were The French, they, were, they, they had tiny stones, ruby, emerald, garnet, I guess, amethyst, ruby, diamond, tiny. And uh, and I lost it. And it's the, I don't really lose things. I've never lost keys, apart from my mind. Um, <laughs> and, and, I, and I lost it when I was at university and just being an arsehole. And I, and I was filled with regret about it last night oh that's reminded me of my godmother's russian wedding ring that she gave me to my 21st i lost on a drunken night out in um kensal actually before you know but 20 years ago oh god that's so depressing um yes and also i feel like if someone goes we've got to go now i don't know why they would say that i wouldn't be able to find my passport and my birth certificate i'd be able to find one one or the other (laughs) but not both so that's not that's not good for the apocalypse team um and also i've been thinking about it's weird what i'm okay (laughs) the best sex i've ever had but also the worst sex i've never had and the weird thing is i don't miss the best sex and i don't particularly regret the worst sex it's like fucking hell it happened we're here we're alive i'm grateful but my i've been around the block well yeah but maybe we're on some kind of sexual etcher sketch now that it, this, this, what, you just this go, period. Zhuzh, 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 wipe it all out. Exactly, we're like, done now, that's it. Um, I, I guess, do you know what's funny? I was going to say then, you said, you know, sexual, actually, we could wipe the moral slate clean. But I've suddenly realised that when I was a kid, I thought sex was about morals. And now I've realised that it completely isn't. It's got nothing to do with morality apart from the way you treat people. But it's like, if I have a lot of sex, it doesn't make me an immoral woman. Whereas I just have remembered that as a teenager, I believed that it would. 
I know, I totally agree. And you feel so, I feel so guilty still about the misadventures of my 20s, which were just about, you know, and I now realise that the thing that I should feel bad about is not the sex, but the fact that I had sex with people I didn't want to have sex with. That yeah, the I mean, the, reg- the regret is when, you know, there's times in our lives where we may have left bits of ourselves all over the place, but not because numbers make us, you know, morally degraded. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, I have a friend who, who, who got tired of counting her sexual partners to, uh, to get her to sleep. So she started counting mine. I was like, thanks, that's a real act of aggression. <laughs> Apart from things I've lost, I remember things that I never had. So there was a jacket in a shop in, I think, the King's Road, probably 1989. So what was I, 14, 15? And it was emerald green and very fitted. And my mother said, probably not wanting to spend the money on her, uh, that you will never wear that. And all I can think was, if I had bought it, I would still be wearing it. I can't let it go. Do you know what? It's so interesting because I feel that way about an Alexander McQueen jacket I saw in Joseph when I was like 24 and couldn't afford it. But I do think that my life would have been completely different if I had bought it, that the world would have seen me differently and that I would now be running like... Yeah, you would have... I don't know. Yeah, you'd be Cheryl Sandberg. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It'd be like, who, 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 who can we hire to... Who can we hire to run Facebook these days? Oh, I know, Emily with the, in the Alexander McQueen jacket. <laughs> that's, that's it. Not going to happen. Instead, I know, and while we're sitting, while we're sitting here thinking about like sex and jackets and rings and food and bullshit, everyone is being. I mean, we are being assaulted with people being aggressively creative in their isolation. It's an absolute. It's an. It's a hostile act, as far as I'm concerned. Now. Like all the oh people who are God. baking bread made, I saw something on Twitter that was someone was baking bread using ancient Egyptian grains and no oven. <laughs> That's a, that is a suckable offence. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my God. Arseholes. Sorry, Mr. Egyptian bread maker. But do you know what? Maybe we have a secret skill. Maybe I'm a secret <laughs> bread maker. I'm not a terrible <laughs> baker, but you know. You know, you know, it's a bit like, you do remember people who were having nervous breakdowns who took up things like ceramics and then, you know, to, just to just not be insane and then you won the Turner Prize? Yes, no, exactly. They're just suddenly like complete, like the new Emma Bridgewater because they're so fucking brilliant at it. And it was the exact that- combination of their exact ratio of energy, motor skills, imagination and strength and mushroomed out this great creativity. So maybe without being arseholes on Instagram, we could use this time to unlock our secret skill. I mean, we've got to have some secret skills, right? Okay, what like, can they be? I don't know. There's a definite cross-stitching. <laughs> cross-stitching. <laughs> yes. We could, I, I, I could become like a magnificently angry feminist. There'd be blood, obviously, cross-stitcher. I'd stab my, my finger with a needle, so, you know, sort of significantly as I went through. But, you know, smashing the patriarchy one little pale pink thread at a time. And, and, and swearing, but nonetheless magnificent. I could be that. You could. You could. I, what about if I, I'm just looking around. I know, if I suddenly picked up a hula hoop and filmed myself on Insta stories and suddenly I'm like literally the world's greatest fucking hula hooper. It's possible. I think that would suit you. <laughs> I tell you what I think I could do, actually. I think that I could be a champion performance poet. <laughs> But you practically are because I feel like I've now got over my embarrassment. Nothing really embarrasses me. I'm the type of woman who sort of screams and screams people's names over three aisles in a supermarket and feels no shame. I, I'd have to be drunk, 
but I could I, I could I could rhyme and through my rhyme I could capture incisive political commentary. People would laugh, they would cry. Maybe I maybe I would be a rapper and then I would win uh the Nobel Prize for literature. Yeah, so that I think I think I think I found it. I think this is I think this is it, that you're the next, you know, Holly McNish or whoever. Um <laughs> I'm thinking that I am going to be eligible for the Great British Bake Off next year. I, I, it's an, I know it's an improbable story. A woman with no previous baking prowess suddenly becomes the flower whisperer. Um, and her forte is, well, I don't know, gingerbread houses that are so beautiful um, that you can just feel the snap. Um, and no one has ever had a less soggy bottom, although my bottom is very saggy. Is it saggy? <laughs> what, from all the staying inside? <laughs> from all the sitting down. Uh, I could be a racing driver. I mean, I clearly could be a racing driver, f- fueled by fury. I'm in, in front- the car with you, and you are definitely. I don't know why you're not a racing driver. Not yet. <laughs> um, I will channel my road rage, which is plentiful, into precision manoeuvring. I'll have diamonds bigger than Lewis fucking Hamilton's. I'll be a dame. I'll be doing TED talks about my rise and rise, <laughs> um, and my, t- my my talks will be will be called things like. Um, my passion for petrol during perimenopause. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Watch this space, listeners. This is it. Because we are suddenly feeling motivated. Oh, my God, this is amazing. I think, I think uh, yeah, if anybody wants to message us with their secret skills, please do. Because we're all going to come out of this, you know, Nobel winners. I mean, we say secret skills, but I, so I tell you something about this, um, this lockdown. Apart from the fear and the concern and the gratitude, I am not getting around to doing much. <laughs> yeah, it's all very well saying that we're going to have secret skills. Look around the house and I notice <laughs> the tangled wires, the cobwebs in place I can't quite reach. I don't want to get up a ladder because if I try and reach a cobweb, fall off a ladder and fracture something, now is not the time to head for A&E and expect any kind of sympathy for being an idiot. Can you imagine? A covidiot? That's what they're calling them. So, uh, so, okay, so let's use that as my excuse for not having hung up the picture that I bought in a flea market eight years ago when I actually went to flea markets. And then I had it framed five years ago and I... That's okay. I can't hang it. I can't hang it because I might injure myself, which would be extremely selfish. Well, I agree. Yes. yes. Stay safe. Save the NHS. Do not hang a portrait. Stay safe. Sit in your ass. Don't put yourself at risk. I feel there's so many things that I haven't got around to that I would have previously thought if I had been locked in a house for a long time, I would do like my sort of 25 point skincare routine. But have I done that Estee Lauder sheet mask that you gave me? Have I fucked? I actually am going to use this, you know, moment to say that my... I don't know about anyone else. I sort of thought that if I was at home doing nothing, my skin would be good. Um, my, um, my skin has been shit. My skin has been really, really shit. It's like my anxiety is seeping out through my skin and producing little dry patches that are a bit itchy and red on my face and, my, and a bit on my body. And, um, and, I, and I did a two-step skincare thing to try and fix it last week, having done various. Oh, and, and, and this one worked. I'm going to tell you what it was. Lixia, which is a really good online, very simple, um, and not too expensive. 
expensive skincare brand do something called vitamin C paste. So I put that on just to liven up my skin and just to brighten it and get rid of all the sort of cells and the shit that was, I don't know what it was doing. Um, and, then, and then I put another mask on straight away, which is by a brand called Ven, V-E-N-N, which is new. And it was some sort of revitalizing mask. And I left that on all day and it took all day to sink in. And I have to tell you, listeners, it worked. Just in case your skin's not behaving, it did. It worked. Okay. Um, that's some I have, good isolation yeah. skin tips. Thanks, Annabelle. You're welcome. What I can't give any tips about is I thought, would have thought I'd be looking, using this time to sort out like a pension or a will or something, <laughs> and particularly a will, all things considered. Nothing, nothing. Haven't gone near it. Yeah, and our savings. Ah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Sorry. Haven't even checked, my, haven't even checked my, my, my bank balance. I mean, why, why would I do that to myself? Can I tell you that you know, you know you should check your bank balance when you're too scared to check your bank balance, but I agree, it feels like an act of aggression, self-aggression. Self-harm. Yeah, that's the one. Self-loathing. <laughs> Oh dear! I thought maybe I would, um, I would, you know, learn how to contour or something like that. Finally, or even actually how to put foundation on, but that's just not going to happen because partly I don't have a brush and I gave my bronzer away. <laughs> Sorry. I think I'd be sad if you suddenly knew how to put on bronzer and foundation. It would, I wouldn't know who you were anymore. I love the sort of gentle incompetence. Can you imagine if I came out of isolation like with Kim Kardashian, RuPaul? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what would my drag name be? Well, obviously, I'm a hula hooper. I'm a hula hooping RuPaul. This is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, hula yeah. Paul. Um, hula Paul. Um, and also, sure, I would have thought I've got lots of stuff on my Sky Planner. Uh, that, um, but like, you know, things like um, Raging Bull. You're like movies that I should sit down and watch. Heathers. I've got Heathers. And all I can cope with at the moment is basically sort of Antiques Roadshow <laughs> and a bit of... There's that, what, there's that one, there's that new show, which is called... It's not called Five Men in a House, but it is Five Men in a House with a woman and she gets to kick one out every day. And my God, these women are happy. What about kicking them out? What bit by They're bit? They're just so empowered. Yeah, they're so empowered <laughs> by saying, oh, yeah. So, so um, no Raging Bull, um, uh, no Dr. Zhivago. You know, just a bit of come dine with me. I can't watch anything that asks anything of me, although I am reading The Mirror and the Light, um, which is the third in the Hilary Mantel Wolf Hall trilogy. And it is amazing because she lived it. So that's actually that's helping because it's taking me out of like my grubby West London house and, 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 and into Elizabethan London. That's helping a bit. Can I can I confess something? I oh God. started The Mirror and the Light, which I love. And I love the other ones. And then last night I decided that I had read the same page about 25 times and I downloaded Rivals by Jilly Cooper. <laughs> I read a quarter oh, well of it. Oh, well done you. <laughs> that, that is literary therapy. Right? Was Rivals the peak for you? Rivals is the peak, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, the Jilly, it's the Jilly one that isn't about horses. So, you know, it was about the thrust, cut and thrust of local television. But it feels like if I just, I love it. It is probably the sixth time I've read it, but I'm still surprised. I'm not doing any online Pilates either. I thought I'd spend a good proportion of the day working on my abs. <laughs> I haven't done anything. No abs at all. Also, um, I wanted to throw away all my old university towels and sort out the linen cupboard and all of that stuff. But uh, Sorry, sorry. Uh, what linen cupboard? The linen pile. You have a pile. You don't have a cupboard. By the way, what do you do with old towels and knackered? Because obviously we can't actually throw them away. Do we cut them up and turn them into rags and use them for cleaning? I don't know. Why don't we turn them into like an artisan needle pointing thing? And... We can weave them into <laughs> baskets. We could make, yeah, we could make clothes from them. Come back to me in three weeks and I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, what you've done with your, with your old towels. Oh my God. Mm. 
What about um, buttons? That would be good, wouldn't it? Do you know what? My tumble dryer eats all of the buttons off my duvets and I ordered, before all of this fucking madness, loads of cream buttons that I can sew onto the end of my duvets so that they won't fall out. And I am absolutely not going to fucking do it. Yeah, I've got... um... I've got some button situations that are highly unlikely to be addressed. In fact, I, I, actually, more than buttons with me, it's hems. Where I've just stuck my heel through something and, you know, it's all come apart. And, you know, maybe a bit of double-sided sticky tape. Oh, that's clever. That would takes you, you back. Would you even know how to hem? I could tack. Tacking. I just leave you. I'm just going to leave you with, 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 with tacking. For tack's sake. Um, maybe we should be uh, growing vegetables. Where would we get the seeds? Do you, do, you, do, you plant, do you grow vegetables from seeds or bulbs or what? Don't you have seeds from kind of various like worthy presents? People are like, here, I bought you some carrots because I feel like you should change your life. <laughs> yeah, you... <laughs> yeah, I usually chuck them. I've got some of those M&S little things. There you go. Little, they're giving, they got, they, obviously they felt bad about the plastic. Do you remember it was all like cute little plastic things a couple of months ago? Would you like those? No, no, madam, I would not like those. Please take that plastic away from me. But now I've got little like radish pots um in fact there are about eight of them in the kitchen which haven't been near well that's not going to work is it uh speaking of the kitchen have you sorted out your mugs what do you mean by that just all the old random mugs the cracked mugs the ones that are so tea and coffee stained that you can't see anything so what do you do with those i don't know smash them up and turn them into a mosaic (laughs) (laughs) yes can't throw them away they must be repurposed they could be used shards could be used for weapons when the apocalypse really really arrives <laughs> and then and until then it's uh, it's it's art therapy <laughs> oh my god what about have you um have you updated your ios <laughs> i haven't i don't think you should have said that to me <laughs> um i haven't meditated for longer than about three minutes since this began I, I, it sounds mad. I can't seem to find the time. <laughs> oh, I think that being alone with one's own thoughts right now is not a safe place to be. No, it is not. It is not a safe place to be. Um, do you know, funny enough, I keep saying, what do you do with things when you don't want them? I tell you what, I keep noticing are books that I shouldn't own. What, because you're done with them? Because you're never going to read them or? Either because I'm never going to read them or because things like, like stupid self-help books that I bought because I was so incredibly triggered and reactive and maybe I've read them and maybe they were fucking shit and made things worse or, you know, or terrible airport novels that I'm, you know, a little bit ashamed to have because I'm being snobby or... I I don't know what to do about those. I mean, give them to the charity shop, which I can't do at the moment. I know there's probably a book, like, leaving service where you can just in the park or something, you could just leave books and then people can leave whatever and swap. Although, actually, no, you can't touch things, can you? No, no, I'm stuck with the books. I'm just looking around. You're stuck with them. Uh, yeah, so here we are, but I miss you, Em. I miss you too. Oh, my goodness. I miss all of you. I know. I miss it. It's so weird being out in the, not being out in the world at all. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, I feel like we've got to learn something from this, but I don't know what that is. But it's definitely well, not well, Pilates. Let's just, <laughs> no, let's just hope that we find out on the other side. But um uh, listen, guys, we just wanted to pop up from our, you know, little, you know, nests and say hello. And we're thinking of you and just sending you lots of love. And um, and I hope we'll see you next week. Yes, yeah, see you next week. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Annabelle Rivkin and Emily McMeekin of The Middle. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. 
If you like what you hear, please rate, review and subscribe. And we'll just leave you with this thought. I am dynamic. I am invincible. I am exhausted. Hi, my name is Kay Adams. And to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process. So I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.